it going today, guys? Back here live in the studio for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today, it's Thursday, December 3rd, 2020. Um, I'm joined by a new guest this week, Justin Nagley. Justin, say what's up to everybody. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Appreciate you having me on, man. Hey, we're absolutely glad to have Justin on. Um, for those of y'all who don't know Justin, we were in the same fraternity together in college. Um, Justin and I both love betting on sports, and he's actually created his own algorithm. Justin, why don't you tell him a little bit about the algorithm you created? Uh, yeah, sure. So uh, I met Thomas at Kennesaw. I'm, I'm at Georgia Tech now. I'm a senior um, in industrial systems engineering, which is basically uh, it's a lot of things, logistics, optimization, discrete mathematics, uh, creating models to predict future events. Um, and so I've used kind of what I've learned thus far to, to help myself bet uh, in the NFL. I know uh, myself included, but a lot of people just use their base knowledge to bet. And uh, I know, if, at least for me, uh, I overestimate how smart I am and how much I know. So uh, creating this algorithm, it's just a lot of stats and stuff that kind of gives you a picture of the game uh, and helps, you know, sort out who's the real deal versus, you know, who's riding the wave. So um, we can get into that a little bit later. I, I want to talk first about uh, just Vegas in general, like betting in general, because um, it's, it's kind of funny, actually. In, in some of my classes at Georgia Tech, uh, it's a lot of probability and statistics, like I said. So uh, professors will bring that up occasionally um, in class and lectures and things like that. And uh, the, the funny thing is they tell you uh, don't bet pretty much, right? It's, uh, it's rigged against you. And so I think it's important for people to understand like, like how is it rigged against you, right? Like everybody understands betting, like you're probably gonna walk away losing, but um, how, do you, how do you maximize your like probability that you walk away with money in your pocket, right? And so I think it starts with like understanding how Vegas makes money, right? Like how do they make lines, adjust lines, things like that. And so for the most part, like a spread, a spread is like 50-50 where the money is, right? So like, um, let's say the Patriots are playing the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs are gonna have a high yeah. uh, spread, but the line is based on where the money is, right? So like it may start at 14, it may move to minus 17, right? If more people start betting on that, then they might move it back down to get money on both sides, right? So why is that important? It's important because when you're betting, you know, a spread, it's minus 110. So if you lose, you're losing the extra $10 than you would make if you won, right? So 100 if you win, 100, lose 110 if you lose. Um, and so it's not actually 50-50, right? You know, people in their head, you know, spreads 50-50. It's really not. Minus 110 is about 48% for the better. Um, and that's all based on implied odds, right? And so an implied odd is basically using the line that they give you to get a, just a probability on the, on the chance that you're going to win, right? So like, a, for example, a minus, 200 bet, uh, minus 200 money line, there's a two-thirds chance that you're going to win that bet, right? Just it could be mm -hmm. a fight. It could be a horse race. It could be golf. It could be whatever you want. And how you figure that out is you just take the minus 200 and you divide by 200 plus 100. So it's two divided by three pretty much. That's where you get the two thirds. So, one ten minus divided by two ten is forty eight percent, and that's where I got that for the spread. Um, and so it's important to do that because that gives you a a base probability, right? That you can uh, in your head make like in your head make a probability and then compare it to the line. And if you like it, like it's let's say uh, lines with bears this week's a good example. Uh, I think it's about to pick them. I think it's really close. Maybe minus three, something like that. Yeah, minus um, three right now. So 
Uh-huh. Yeah, Chicago's minus 160 and Detroit's plus 140. Right. So the minus 160, right? The Bears are minus 160. So divide by 260, it's 61.5% chance that they're going to win. Well, if you're looking at that game, you're like, the Lions just got blown out. They're not a good team. The Bears, I, I have them at an 80%. Chance, and this is just made up. But let's just say you have it at 80%. That would be an advantage to bet that, right? Because it's higher mm-hmm. than what the odds are giving you. And so I, I think it's important for people to make their own assessments it doesn't have to be perfect doesn't have to be based on anything just you know i think this is a 70 percent chance that's gonna hit if it's at 50 then better right if that around 70 then maybe stay away um another thing is like betting less is better right so like if you if you bet 10 times right you're more likely to walk away losing money than if you just bet three times so i know people out there like to bet the board i know i like to bet the board sometimes um and so my suggestion for betting the board would be get, you know, two or three bets that you love, right? And then for the rest of the board, only bet like a tenth of a unit, right? So if you're betting a hundred bucks, like just throw the board out there with like 10 and $15 bets and then put a hundred on two or three that you really like. That way you're not, you're not, you know, you're not playing into the system, if you will. And uh, you're maximizing the chance that you can walk away with money in your pocket. So um, that, and then I think a lot of people, you know, when they go out to bet, they're all like, I want to win every single bet I get, right? And I think it's more important to not lose a bet, right? And what I mean by that is if you if you have a, a spread, like let's say there's a good one this week, Colts-Texans, right? Colts are favored by three and a half points. Buying that half point is very minimal in terms of the risk that you're taking on, but it's huge in the fact that in football, Three, four, seven, ten, fourteen, seventeen. Those are uh, key numbers. Margins by which that yeah that teams lose or win by that are pretty common, right? So if it's minus three and a half, if you're betting on the Texans, you might want to bump that up to four, right? Because it might be a seventeen, thirteen kind of game, right? So um, tying is not a bad thing, but losing is. So um, if it's close like that, now if it's a minus five and a half, right? Does it make sense? Probably not to go down to five. Probably not. Maybe to go up to six, right? If you if you're on that side, but, yeah. um, you know, sticking, sticking to making smart bets, making bets to where if you miss it by that half point, everybody's had that. Everybody's had that half point where oh, yeah. they missed it on the wrong side. They wish they would have bought the points and they didn't. Um, and so yeah, I, last, I think- last year, actually, I had my game of the year on Penn state minus seven and a half against Michigan. I was sitting there at halftime up 21-0. I was like, damn, why didn't I throw even more on this? Second half happens. Michigan, Penn State's up by seven points with about a minute left. I was like, well, I'm really about to lose all this money by half a freaking point. I mean, it's brutal, man. It's brutal. It is. And so uh, I think it's important to to buy points whenever you can't win. It makes sense, like minus one and a half, things like that. Buying up to plus three, stuff like that. So uh, that that's a really important thing to look at. Um, and so what I did basically was using the stuff I learned from Georgia Tech. Um, I created, uh, it's more of like a computer program, right? It's an algorithm too, but it's a program. And basically what it does is it just goes to ESPN, grabs a bunch of stats for all the teams. So, and then ranks them as well. So uh, offensive points per game, defensive points per game, pass yards per game, rush yards per game for both offense and defense, yep. field goal percentage, ball security, turnover differential, punts per game, pass protection. So like sacks allowed, Pass rush, sacks per game. Um, And then I, there's rankings for each of those, right? So uh, the one I'm looking at right now is Giant Seahawks. So actually, let me get an interesting one. Uh, 
let's talk about the Dolphins, man. I freaking love the Dolphins. I've been riding them all year. Um, yeah, I've been I've been riding them too, but I don't know if that eleven and a half something you want to ride as a road fate or as a home favorite. No, no, no. I think eleven and a half is too much, but uh, they are actually a lock in my uh, program this week, so uh, I can get into that a little later. But um, the Dolphins were terrible last year, right? I mean, they were mm-hmm. god awful. Great no against the spread, hope. though. Yeah, they were, but as just as a team, watching them play football, they were pretty bad to watch. Like, just overall, did not finish well. Didn't win a lot of games. Um, but this year, they're 14th in points per game. They're second in points per game allowed to their defense. And they're fifth overall uh, with a turnover differential plus six. So, I mean, they're playing good football, right? They're not turning the ball over as much. They're getting more possessions. Uh, and they're just playing better football overall. And, uh, and like I said, I have them as a lock this week in my uh, thing against the Bengals for the money line. 11 and a half. That's probably a little too much for me to bet on. But you know, throw that money line in a parlay. I think it's, I think it's gold. So um, basically what my model does is it just lets you um, find low hanging fruit, right? You know, bad rushing defense versus a great running back, bet the over in yards, uh, things like that. And so uh, one thing that my, uh, my algorithm does is it takes all those stats that I just mentioned. So all the team rankings, defense rankings, offensive rankings, punts per game, things like that, and then combines them into one number, basically, and just pretty much gives an overall look of how good is the team, right? How, how sound of football does the team play? Um, and so, so far, since week seven, I, you got to wait with data, right? Statistics, you got to wait mm-hmm. so you get enough for, for it actually to take hold. Uh, but since week seven, my predictor record is about 66%, 57 for 86. So uh, it's done pretty well. It's pretty consistent. Um, and then like I said, it has a lock function. So if, uh, let's say the Packers are ninth, Bears, oh, that's not a lock. Just kidding. Uh, hey, well, if it's going off last week, the Packers were definitely a lock. That game was never even close. Yeah, 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 yeah. They actually, the- I, that, that was the first time that Bears let up more than 20-something points in a game. I mean, I was – they just absolutely yeah their defense is completely no showed i mean they gave up what their defense gave, don't even think stopped them once in the first half like I mean, it was, that was one of the worst no shows i've ever seen by defense that's supposed to be considered respectable yeah it was uh tough tough to watch if you're a bears fan if you're a packers fan it was another day in the office um so going just going back to the lock thing uh the packers are locked this week for me again they're playing the eagles um again nine and a half nine points is that too much probably am i betting on the eagles definitely not um, but the, the Packers are ranked seventh overall for me this week, the Eagles 28th. And so that's a big enough difference to where my algorithm will, will designate as a lock in there. What are they, like 14 and three this, so far this year? Yeah, 14 and three so far this year. So uh, I have about four locks this week. Uh, and when we go through the slate, I can, I can throw those in there. Be sure to parlay those together. I think uh, it's, it's a big advantage to bet on those teams just because of what I have. Uh, hey, if you want to, we can come back. We'll come back to the lock parlay at the end to make everyone listen through the whole way so yeah, they can get the whole lock parlay. But if you're ready, me and Justin, we're going to run through the entire uh, NFL game slate board for the week. Are you ready, Justin? Get yeah, things rolling. Let's do it. So I'm just going to go in order that I have them here on this website. And it just so happens the first game we have on here is the Cleveland Browns on the road at the Tennessee Titans. Spread on this game is Titans is a six-point home favorite. Over-under set at 53 and a half. You got anything you're playing on this one, Justin? 
Yeah, I got it on my sheet. Give me a second. A little different. Here, I'll, ta- I'll talk about my side then while you look it up real quick. Yeah, yeah. So I'm actually, this is one of, so I'm not going to lie, guys. I don't love the board this week. And more and more as the season's gone on, I've tried to cut down on my plays more and play a little bit smarter, make less plays, play more teasers and stuff like that for more plays. And I'm actually loving the Browns. And this is one of my favorite bets of the entire week. Miles um, Garrett should be back in there. So they should have their pass rush back. Um, Tennessee's starting to get cluster injuries on that O-line. Um, Tyson Brillo's out for the season now. Taylor Lewan's out for the season now. Um, you got a couple other guys on there that are questionable on that line. So that's something to keep your eye out for. But the way I look at this game is the Titans now have placed Jadavian Clowney on the IR and they don't really get to the quarterback. Baker Mayfield is night and day against teams that can actually get to the quarterback. Also, Tennessee historic has one of the worst historical defenses in NFL history on third down. I mean, Tennessee's 28th in the league against the pass. I think Baker should be able to throw the ball on them here. I also think they should be able to run the ball. I like the Browns to cover six points. Wouldn't be shocked if they won outright. I mean, the Titans have been dominated all season long and all. I mean, even over the last couple of years by the Colts, they were going into Sunday. They are one out of their last eight against them and they finally won. So I feel like they just came off a big home division or big division win. They're going to come in at home and look to cruise. Also, too, the Colts didn't have DeForest Buckner, so they couldn't really stuff that run. I think Cleveland will end up covering the spread. I don't know about the outright winner, but I definitely like Cleveland plus six here is one of my most confident plays of the week. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think I disagree with you a little bit. Um, you know, I, I like everything you just said. I think that definitely matters, right? Looking at stats, not everything injury, weather, home field advantage, those all come into play. Um, the, the thing that gets that I won't say – uh, you know, I'm just not ecstatic to bet on the Browns is the fact that they're one in three against the teams with 500 or better record. Um, and their scoring is very erratic, meaning they're a very mm-hmm. variable team. So, I mean, they put up nine, six, but then they can put up 32, 33. Um, and I think they're going to have to score uh, to keep up with Derrick Henry and the boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Titans are the best in the league at ball security. They don't turn the ball over. So I, 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 if anything, I think the over looks a little better. Uh, I have it about 57, 31, 26 Titans is what I have it at in uh, my, my model. But uh, I think the over might be a little better to, to look at just because uh, the Titans are going to be scoring. The Browns got to keep up. I, the Baker Mayfield thing, he's 30th in pass yards per game. So um, I need to see something before I can, I, I can put my money behind mm-hmm. them. But with the injuries, I mean, that's, that's definitely a possibility that they could go in and beat them. Uh, especially cover as well so yeah and you know like you said with the titans not playing or the browns not playing well against teams that are actually that have uh winning records i mean also though that is because those other teams actually get get after the quarterback which i mean i think that's huge the fact that the titans don't really have that great of a pass rush and also too the browns are ranked ninth against the run but should definitely be a good game i don't think the browns are going to come in there and win outright by any means but i actually kind of like that overplay i agree with you i mean anytime you have the titans they can put up a ton of points fast also aj brown was just downgraded to questionable i mean he's probably still going to play but that's something else to keep your eye on if he doesn't go um next game up on the rotation we have the indianapolis colts on the road at the houston texans the colts find themselves a three and a half point road favorite over under set at 51 what are you thinking about this one justin i absolutely love the colts this week um okay you know the texans came off a game with detroit there, there weren't you know they, they, they have a good offense Deshaun watson i'm a big fan of him but they have no running game and they have no defense. And so uh, they're, they're listed at 21st overall in my model. I have the Colts at four. They just play really good sound football. They're really good on turnover differential. Phillip Rivers hasn't done too bad of a job turning the ball over. So 
Uh, he, he's kind of kept it within range. I have it about 30-21 uh, Colts. So I like a minus three. I, I'd buy that half point, like I said earlier. Um, but it, it's about as close to the lock as I can get without without my program designating it. Yeah, see, I actually agree with you on this one. I think it's Colts or nothing on this one. No way I can back the Texans after Will Fuller got ruled out for the season. Um, also, too, their number three wide receiver, Randall Cobb, is also out for the season. Fuller suspended Cobb's injured. Um they cut one of their other wide receivers too. So it's going to be Kiki QT and Brandon Cooks who are both smaller speed receivers. Indianapolis didn't have DeForest Buckner last week. That's why that um, they got ran all over by the um, Titans, I think. And honestly, I think they're going to come in a little pissed off too after that loss. Indianapolis is five and two straight up the last seven times they played against Houston and six and one ATS in those last seven games against them. And they're uh, seven, oh, and one ATS in the last eight times they've played on the road at Houston. I look for that trend to continue. And, you know, like you said, Texans have no defense. They like to pass the ball. They have no run game and they don't have their best wide receiver weapon. I think it's almost a no brainer here to play on the Colts. I mean, I don't, I'm not as confident in that one as the Browns, but also too, with buying points, I agree with you. I'd probably want to buy the half point just so you can push on a three, but at the same time, if it's over minus 140, I have a hard time convincing myself to buy the half point just from looking at it in the past. I feel like when you lay that much VIG, that's how you, cause you know, if you lose, then you go down when you win one of your other bets, shit, you're still down 40 bucks if you're betting a hundreds, but that's right. just the one way kind of I look at it, but I agree with you on that one. Um, next game up on the rotation is Detroit at Chicago. Detroit is um, a th- is plus three on the road at Chicago and the over under set at 44 and a half in this one. What are you thinking on this one? Yeah. You know, it's uh, both teams are, are, not the best in the league, I have it at <laughs> 25 and 26 uh, in my rankings. So uh, the Bears get the slight edge for me just because of that defense and they're at home. But I mean, two mediocre teams playing each other, trying to figure it out. I think this game is more important for the Bears than the Lions. They just fired their head coach and stuff. So um, I think I got the Bears, but I don't think I can put my money anywhere near this game. Yeah, I completely agree with you on that one. If Kenny Galladay ends up playing and same thing with DeAndre Swift, I might reconsider it. But still, you got cluster injuries in the secondary with um, if with Ford is questionable. Um, it looks like Jeff Okuda is also questionable. And um, Ori Walk, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, is also questionable. But those are three of their top four corners. Um, also, um, Trufant is on the IR now, so he's out. So that's pretty much their top four corners are all banged up right now. I mean, from the Bears – this offense is absolutely atrocious. I mean, they're they're 32nd in the league in rushing, 23rd in passing. I mean, they're 29th in scoring. I mean, their offense can't do just about anything. Um, I would kind of lean maybe towards the under a little bit, but with all those secondary guys out, you got to think the Bears are going to be able to move the ball a little bit. So I, I don't know. I just feel like this game is just going to be a total shit show. If Galladay plays and Swift, though, I would feel a little bit better about placing something down on the lines. If neither of those guys play, though, I think honestly we got to hit the under. Other than that, though, I kind of agree with you. This is just this is one honestly to not even think about. Um, up next is the Jaguars at the Vikings. The Vikings are a ten point home favorite. Over under set at fifty two and a half. You got anything for this one? Uh, yeah, I actually like the over a lot in this. Um, okay. You know, both defenses are pretty bad. Twenty seventh uh, points per game for the Vikings. Thirtieth overall defensive points per game for the Jags. Uh, and both put up good numbers. I have it about 58, so 32-25 Vikings. Um, I actually I like the, the Jags plus 10 here. I'm I'm probably not going to bet them, but uh, maybe teasing that up to 17 or something like that might might be nice. Uh, the Jags they're just 
they're very inconsistent and uh, their defense is fun. So um, I would say over, if anything, but uh, I think the Vikings do win. Yeah, I mean, this Jags defense is pretty bad. They've had a lot of guys depart ever since they were Saxonville. Definitely not anywhere near that. They're 29th against uh, the pass, 29th against the run, 30th in total score, and in YPP, they're also 32nd. So, I mean, pretty much you can get whatever you want to on the Jags. Minnesota's offense is pretty good, but like you said, man, that defense is pretty bad. I don't hate that overplay either. Also, too, I feel like it could be a look-ahead spot for Minnesota with Tampa Bay on deck, you know. And Also, too, Minnesota's kind of in the playoff hunt. They're probably sitting here thinking, like, and this game's whatever. We got a big game against Tampa Bay because, I mean, Tampa Bay's also, I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs as a wild card, but I feel like that's kind of a little bit of a look-ahead spot. I could definitely see the Jags covering. The only thing that's keeping me from playing the Jags is just the fact that, I mean, the Jags are probably tanking. I mean, we've never seen a quarterback as bad as Gardner Minshew have no competition going into training camp, and then now Mike Glennon is their starter. I just feel like there's no way that I want to put my money on Jacksonville. I mean, there's no way that I'm going to take this horrible Minnesota defense to cover 10. I, I kind of like that over. You might have talked me into a play right there. Yeah, I, yeah. ever since watching uh, Mike Glennon on Hard Knocks for the Raiders, uh, you know, <laughs> I, I haven't had faith in him since. Uh, like I said, I, I, I like teasing it up maybe. Uh, 17 points is a lot of points for an NFL team, no matter who it is. So mm-hmm. um, they're, they're both going to come out and, and put up points, I think. It's just going to be one of those games, kind of like on Thanksgiving, where it's just turnovers and just ugliness, I think. Yeah, I think that's probably a pretty good prediction there, Justin. You're not far off at all. Um, next game up is the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Jets. Um, the Raiders are now eight to nine. I've seen them at nine now, and the over under at forty seven. Uh, Jets those nine point um, home dogs. What do you think about this one? Anything here? Yeah, so not so much on the game. Um, you know, obviously, the Jets. You just you just want to stay away from them betting wise, uh, even to cover. Um, I I don't like the Jets at all this year. I'll, I'll bet against them though the entire year, and the 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 bet that I've kind of picked out on this one it depends on where his his uh, over in yards is, but Derek Carr's over in passing yards. Uh, I've been killing the Jets with this, just betting against them uh, for the passing uh, over on yards, and I think I think Derek Carr, especially after having a bad week last week, I think he comes out and just destroys the Jets. Yeah, I think that Derek Carr should come out pretty pissed off and same thing with this Oakland team. But at the same time, it's not looking good for him. You now have Richie Incognito out. Um, uh, Brown is on the is on the COVID list right now. So that's two offensive linemen right there. They also are missing one of their offensive linemen as well from the beginning of the season. You're down down three offensive linemen. I mean, starting to get those um, those uh, cluster injuries there, which is not a good thing if you see that. I mean, this offense, Jalen Richard's questionable. Um, Josh Jacobs got injured last game and left with a rolled ankle. He's questionable as well. I just feel like there's so many injuries, even on the defensive side of the ball, piling up. Also, too, the Jets have played pretty decent at home. I mean, they barely lost to the Patriots at home. Um, the Bills game, I mean, they played, they showed up at least. I mean, this, this Jets team showed up so far this season at home. They showed up against the Chargers as well and against the um, the Broncos. They almost won that game. That was the game I thought they were going to win was against the Broncos. I don't know if I can bring myself to bet on the Jets plus nine here just because it's the freaking Jets, like you said, and they're so bad. But Darnold's going to be in there. I feel like it's Jets or pass here on this game, but the same, I mean, I think Raiders come out of here with a win for sure, but I just feel like the Jets are going to keep it interesting. They seem to at home so far. Yeah. I think another interesting point that kind of goes beyond the stats and the numbers and stuff is, is uh, the complaints on the Jets field 
I think everybody who's left MetLife has said how Ooh. terrible the turf is. So uh, that's another interesting point that might play a factor. The Jets are used to it, the Raiders are not. Uh, so it, it might be closer than, than people think. I agree with that. Uh, I'm just probably staying away. Both teams are pretty unpredictable. Yeah, that's actually a very good point you make right there, Justin, because I also um, kind of tried to take advantage of that when they played those back-to-back games against the Jets and against the Giants when the 49ers had, like, everybody out. I was like, oh, the 49ers got everybody out, and they play the Giants this week. Giants should cover. Giants got the brakes beaten off them. That was probably my first bad loss this season. So I I can't, I don't know. I just don't want to touch anything in that game. I feel like there's better games to hit on the board than something like that. Um, Next game is being played about 15 minutes down the street from me and probably right in Justin's backyard. We got the New Orleans Saints coming to our city to play my Atlanta Falcons. Um, Falcons are three-point home dogs, over-under set at 45. You got anything on this one? Uh, You know, I I think this game is really interesting. Uh, It's a divisional game. The Saints are looking to keep rolling. Both teams are top 10 uh, statistically in my model. So the Falcons, uh, they had like four turnovers last week. So they, they got a big bump because of that. But, um, you know, I'm leaning towards New Orleans minus three only because uh, home, home underdogs are typically uh, under overestimated. So the Saints, I mean, they're rolling. Taysom Hill, I, I can't really get behind him like that. Um, so it, it's kind of a toss-up to me. I think the Saints will end up winning, but I think it might be closer than than what the spread – or not what the spread – than people think, I guess you could say. Yeah, see, I just don't know what Falcons team is going to show up here for me. I mean, this yeah. Falcons yeah. team, you really don't know what you're going to get. Like, I was sitting there watching that game against the Saints, and I was watching the game with people who don't really know football, and even they were saying, why don't they run a quick pass or a screen? It was like every single play after we hit that bomb out the gates to Calvin Ridley, we just wanted to throw down field and – Matt Ryan was getting pressured the entire game also too. You know, I feel like the Falcons, when you're having a season the way they are, if you get down quick early and the other team's hitting you in the mouth that you just kind of give up, which I feel like happened last time. So I feel like there's no way I can bet on the Falcons. I don't bet against my teams. I would probably lean towards the Saints here in the spot. I feel, I agree with you. I think the line's a little short. If I wanted the Falcons, I would at least need like four and a half, five points. I'd probably want something in that range. I feel like it's a little short of a line. Also, too, I feel like Vegas is trying to take advantage of people because Atlanta pulled that big upset last year and New Orleans is undefeated in division. So I feel like most people are looking at this game saying, all right, this is the biggest rivalry in the division. You got to feel like the Saints are going to drop at least one game in the division because they haven't lost to Carolina or Tampa Bay either. I think they have one more meeting left with Carolina on the schedule. So I just feel like that this is just a trap game. Um, I see that the, I see the over has a lot more money on it yet. It's gone down from 47 and a half to 45. So I feel like that there's money coming in on the under. I probably, I honestly don't want any part in this game period. And like you said, I can't buy into Taysom Hill in this gimmicky offense. I'm not playing anything here, but it, for me, it's saints or pass. Yeah. Yeah. I will say something though. The saints are very consistent in how they score. So you can mm-hmm. expect to see them between 26 and like 35 points um, just about every game. And and so I, I think they get theirs this week against the Falcons. Yeah, also something else to keep your eye on, too, for the Falcons is that Todd Gurley's list is questionable again. I mean, I don't think he's that big of a difference, but at the same time, he's really good in the red zone. So that's a little something else, too, to keep your eye out on in that one. Um, next game up here is another massive spread game, which is Cincinnati Bengals on the road at the Miami Dolphins, like we talked about earlier. Miami's 11.5-point favorites. I mean, it's crazy to think how bad they were last year that they could be double-digit home favorites against anyone. Over-under set at 42.5. What are you thinking here, Justin? Absolutely love the Dolphins. I know we talked about it earlier. Uh, they came up as a lock in mind. The Bengals are 29th uh, best team in my, in my rankings. 
Um, they're terrible in turnover differential. They can't put points on the board. Joe Burrow's out. I mean, I, I really think their season's over. I think they've accepted that, and I think the Dolphins are rolling this week. See, I agree with now, you. 11, I will say 11 and a half, probably too much for me to bet, um, but I'll be throwing their money line in parlays, probably tease it down. I, I wouldn't mind teasing it down to four and a half. Yeah, see, I really like kind of honestly teasing the Dolphins with – I mean, yeah, teasing the Dolphins with like the Vikings or something like that. Um, there's a, there's honestly no way I'm going to touch this game, but I'm going to throw this out there for people, and it almost makes me want to bet of the Bengals. Double-digit fa- – Miami is a double-digit favorite is 1-8 ATS, and they've lost their last eight straight up in that position when they're the double-digit favorite. I mean, I just don't think – if Joe Burrow was playing, I would be like, all right, I might take a piece of Miami here – I mean, of the Bengals here. But without Burrow in there, I mean, there's just no way I can bet on the Bengals. This is a bad football team, like you said. That defense is doing nothing, and they already traded away a couple of their best defensive players. So there's even less going for them on the defensive side of the ball. I think this is one to stay away from, maybe throw Dolphins in a teaser or parlay, like you said. Um, next game on the board now, you know, it's kind of a weird week. We got, this is kind of the point in the season where teams have started to give up and they've had quarterbacks and a lot of players out. So you're getting all these double digit spreads, but here's another double digit spread as the New York football giants, the first place, New York football giants feels weird to say, go on the road at Seattle. They find themselves a 10 point road dog, the Seahawks, um, over under set at 46 and a half. Anything from you on this one? You know, I, I think I like the giants and, uh, I may not bet on it per se but I think the game is going to be closer than 10 points uh, I think the Seahawks win they're five they're five and oh at home and that's what good teams do right they win at home and they they go 500 on the road and the Seahawks have done that for the last couple of years so I think the, the Seahawks get the win here but don't count out the Giants I think plus 10 looks looks pretty interesting from my perspective yeah see I agree with you the Seattle defense is very very bad um, also too, Colt McCoy is going to be playing for Daniel Jones. If Daniel Jones was starting, I think this is a no brainer. I'd, I'd throw on the giants plus 10, see what happens. But with Colt McCoy in there, I really don't know what I'm going to get. You know, they don't have Barkley either. If Barkley was still there. I'd probably feel a little bit better about taking it with McCoy in there. I just don't see much of a reason that run games, not that great. I, I mean, I don't hate the Seahawks in a teaser, but, you know, like you said, I mean, the Seahawks play so well at home, it's going to be tough to beat them. I mean, if, even if you wanted to try like a 10-point teaser maybe with the Seahawks, hey, that might be a good one right there. Seattle, um, Seattle, Minnesota, and the Seahawks in a 10-point teaser. That sounds like a lock right there. Um, next game up now on the list is one that I actually will be taking a part in big time, which is the Rams on the road at the Arizona Cardinals Cardinals, three point home dogs over under at 48. You like anything on this one? Cardinals. I'm jumping all over them. Uh, I'm buying that half point, getting them plus three. And, uh, you know, they're, they're a better ranked team in my model and typically better ranked teams that are getting points do really well. Uh, they're at home. I, I really like the, the Cardinals. I think, the, you know, it's a divisional game, so I think it's going to be a close game. But I just think the Cardinals on offense are just too much. I, they have too many weapons, in my opinion. Damn, we're on opposite sides on this one. I absolutely love the Rams in this spot. So Kyler Murray now has a shoulder injury, which scares me a little bit for his sake. Also, too, 
not only do the Rams have the have one of the best run defenses in the league, but they have one of the best pass defenses in the league too. DeAndre Hopkins isn't doing anything because he has the best corner in the league covering him all game long, Jalen Ramsey. Um, like, I think this Rams pass rush, we saw it happen the last two weeks when teams just blitz the shit out of the Cardinals. They can't do anything about it. I think that same trend continues and the Rams defense gets after him. I think this Rams defense is honestly like up there with one of the best defenses we've seen in a long, long time. I don't want any parting betting against the Rams. I think this Rams defense comes in here and does their job. I mean, the Cardinals have been giving up points. Teams have been able to move the ball up and down the field on them. I think that trend continues, and Jared Goff and the boys get things going. Cooper Cup and Robert Woods are two of the top receivers in the league in YPP. Uh, I mean, in uh, yards after catch, not yards per play. But um, I think all that continues here for the Rams. I think the Rams come in here and get a big time home win. They're six and zero straight up the last seven times or the last six times they played against the Rams or the Cardinals. So that's another thing too that makes me like them. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's two really good teams that are playing for a lot. It's a big game for both teams, right? The Cardinals win, then they tie it up with the Rams. Mm-hmm. So I think it's going to be really close. Game. I have it 30, 23-21 uh, Rams, I think, actually. But just with how, you know, turnover differential with defense, mm-hmm. uh, well, actually not defense. But, um, you know, I, I think something that popped out for me when I was looking at this game was the, the offensive line and defensive line matchups. Um, and that's kind of something you can look at a little deeper in this game. The Cardinals are ninth overall in protecting Kyler Murray with 1.64 sacks allowed. The Rams are fifth in protecting Jared Goff. Uh, the Rams get after the quarterback their fourth in sacks per game, whereas the Cardinals are 10th in sacks per game. So they're both top 10 in both pass protection and pass rush. I think whoever wins that battle and gets to the quarterback is, is going to be successful in, in winning this game. See, that part I actually agree with you on. Also, too, I think the Cardinals' numbers might be a little skewed just because they've played a very easy schedule so far. Like, they haven't played the Rams either time. I know they have a couple other tough games on there. Like, when them and the Seahawks played each other, they both had the two easiest schedules in the NFL. So, I mean, hey, trust me. I see Cardinals plus three looked enticing. They just feel like there's no way I can go against this Rams team and the role they're on. Also, too, I think they have a major coaching advantage with McVay. Um, and next game up here on the slate is the New England Patriots is one point road favorites at the Los Angeles Chargers over under set at 47 and a half. This is a, this is the other game I have a huge play on. What, what do you think on this one, Justin? Yeah, you know, I, I think I like the, the Patriots this week. Um, they're two really close teams statistically wise, right? Like the, the Chargers have a better offense, but they have a worse defense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think an interesting stat that the Patriots have that the Chargers don't is punts per game. The Patriots are third overall in punts per game in the league, where the Chargers are 21st, so they punt the ball a lot, you know, more often. So I have it as a really close game, 24-23 Patriots. But, uh, you know, I think Bill Belichick is is still a mastermind, right? He's still really good, and he's going against a rookie quarterback at Herbert. I, I love Herbert this year, but I, I don't think that he's going to be able to run all over the Patriots defense. So another thing to look at might be Keenan Allen's under on catches and yards prop just because the Gilly uh, dude's still top of his game. So that that might be a prop you might want to look at. But if I had to pick, I'd say the Pats money line. Yeah, hey, we're both on the same page on this one, man. Um, I love the Patriots, and you made the you made the point that I wanted to make right there with the fact that it's Belichick going against a rookie QB. He's nineteen and five straight up in his career against rookie QBs. I think more of the same continues here. Um, also, too, I mean, I think this might be the biggest coaching advantage I've ever seen. I mean, you have arguably the worst coach in the entire NFL, and Anthony Lynn going up against Bill Belichick here. I feel like there's no way Belichick is going to let Anthony freaking Lynn out coach him. I mean, I was sick to my stomach 
stomach watching Anthony Lynn last weekend not score three times on the goal line and miss my over and not cover by literally what one of any one of those freaking touchdowns, man. I was sick watching him. I mean, that play call at the end of the game, honestly, like I was like, I can't even be mad right now. I should have expected Anthony Lynn. To, or honestly, I should have expected him to call something even stupider. Um, but yeah, see, I just feel like there's no way that Bill Belichick's going to let him run game on him. Also, they're five and zero. The Patriots are five and zero straight up and ATS the last five times they've crossed paths with the Chargers. That's the way I'm playing this one here. I, be ready for anything, man. Anthony Lynn doesn't even know what he's doing. He doesn't even know what to expect. Um, next game on here is the Eagles as eight and a half point road favorites against the Green Bay Packers. Over under set at forty seven. Anything from you on this one? Uh, yeah, so the Packers came up as a lock uh, for me in my money line. Uh, nine, I think I'd actually like nine um, just because of how much the Packers score their first overall points per game scoring. Um, I will say this. I think you, the big difference in this game is going to be turnovers. The Eagles are 30th in turnover differential, minus 10, and they're 30th in ball security. So they give the ball away way too much. Carson Wentz gets sacked more than any other quarterback. Um, or yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. 4.18 sacks per game, not like per game. That's insane how much he gets sacked. Um, and then interception. I mean, he's, he's pretty bad. He's playing bad. You know, you could, a lot of people argue that it's a team around him. I'm personally not, a, I, I think Jalen Hurts should be in there, but I don't make those decisions. I think I'm going to make the decision on the Packers this week, minus nine, probably teasing them, probably throw that in a teaser just to be safe. But uh, their money line looks like a lot to me. Yeah, I'm in agreement with you. I'm very tempted to play the Packers minus nine. I really don't like playing spreads that big. But honestly, how is this any different than that Seahawks game? If anything, you have a better offense here with Green Bay that can also run the ball and keep their defense off the field or rested. You also have a have better coach, in my opinion, too, with Matt LaFleur here. Um, I think Doug Peterson gets extremely overrated because of what Frank Reich did for him. I mean, Frank Reich is one of the best coaches on third and fourth down in the NFL, and that's what he did when he was there in Philadelphia. They don't have that mind anymore, and we've seen Carson Wentz regress every single year without him. I mean, Carson Wentz is nothing around him. This offense looks absolutely pathetic. I think it's more of the same here. I think the Packers are an absolute lock and a teaser and money line parlay as well. Like you do, I'm probably going to end up taking them at eight or nine. I really don't even care what the number is. I think if this is a game looks exactly like the Chicago game does. I mean, where they just beat the brakes off of them. Yeah. I, I will say this. The Eagles are very consistent in how they score. They're right around 23 points a game. Um, so look for them to get there. It's just, are you betting on the Packers to get to 35, 38, things like that? Yeah, no, absolutely. That's definitely some. That's a good point you make there. Um, next game right here, another huge spread. This is the week of the big spreads, man. Denver Broncos um, plus fourteen on the road at Kansas City. Over under sit at fifty one. Um, anything from you for this one? Um, in the Chiefs, throw, throw them in the. If you if they allow the money line, right? <laughs> if it's available, throw it in there. I, I don't see the Chiefs losing this game. You know, when you look at a team like the Chiefs, the Steelers, you know, teams at the very, very top that are uh, separated from the rest of the league, they're going to go, you know, 14 and 2, 13 and 3, 12 and 4. So a, a good thing to, to do is, is try and find where those losses come from. And against the 4 and 7 Broncos, I just don't think that they're going to lose to a mediocre team like that. The Raiders are the only team that have, that have come through and actually beat them. And it's because they scored more than they did. And so I, I the Broncos are 31st in points per game. I don't think they can keep up with the Chiefs. 14, I don't know. Pick, take your pick. These guys are still professionals. Um, 
I have it at 21 points. So 35-14 Chiefs. See, I know the wise guy side of this game is definitely Denver after how bad they played last week and the hand they were dealt with COVID and everything. There's no way, though, I'm taking Denver with the 14 points. Drew Locke in both starts he's made against Kansas City has gotten the absolute breaks beat off him, although both games were in the snow. Still, I don't think much changes here for Drew Locke. I don't think he's very good. I don't think his Denver team's very good. I think they're very banged up. I think their morale's got to be pretty low after the way things went last week. I mean, Patrick Mahomes, in my opinion, is the best player to ever pick up a football. I think he's going to air it out all over him. I'm not touching anything in this game. Maybe take the Chiefs and like a little like do that 10-point teaser we were talking about earlier. I mean, there's definitely some good teams you can throw in one of those, but I don't want any part of this one in any way, shape, or form. I don't like putting my money against Mahomes unless I know I have a team that actually has a good offense, which Denver does not have. I will say this. Denver is 32nd in ball security and 32nd in turnover differential. Uh, they have 26 giveaways compared to the Chiefs' eight giveaways, and the Chiefs mm-hmm. are plus nine in, in turnover differential. So, uh, if you're looking to bet the Chiefs, that is the stat you want to look at, just because the Broncos turn the ball over so much that the Chiefs can really run it up on them. However, when they get that lead, they're going to be running the ball. So, it's kind of up to you to decide what's going to happen late in the game and and if they can cover or not. So. Hey, those are all good points you make right there. Justin, if anything, that makes me feel even better about throwing the Chiefs in a teaser, honestly, even length 14 with them right there with all the points you made. Because I know for a fact Drew Locke's good for at least one or two turnovers. Um, next game up on here is a Monday afternoon game at 5 p.m. How weird does that sound? Um, we got Washington football team going on the road to Heinz Field to face the Pittsburgh Steelers. Pittsburgh is an eight-point home favorite, over-under set at 42 and a half. You doing anything on this one? Definitely throwing the Steelers in a parlay. Um, I have them as a lock. The line, do you have the line? I, I didn't get the line. Yeah, it was at eight. It's at eight? Okay. Um, I have it at 10 points, so probably not been the spread. But, you know, again, another game I love teasing. There are a lot of good teasing uh, or teaser value out there this week. So I would definitely jump on the good teams that are getting points or that are not – that are giving up points, but just tease that down. Yeah, I actually kind of like the Washington football team in this one. I think they have a really good defense, honestly, and I think they should be able to move the ball a little bit, especially now that Bud Dupree's out for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, Pittsburgh, they seems like they don't really show up for games like this. Mike Tomlin, though, was pissed off in his press conference, which kind of scares me a little bit from Washington football team. Plus eight. plus eight, I don't know if you saw that press conference or not he had yesterday. He was like, we sucked, and they asked him what he did wrong, and he was like, everything. And he was just – they were, he was like saying, he was like, yeah, this is the this is a, just a beat-up um, Ravens team, and we should have beat the crap out of them, and it didn't happen. He was furious. So, I mean, that could be a point of them coming around. At the same time, though, this is a pretty quick turnaround, man. They played on Wednesday, and now they play again on Monday uh, if anything it too is another situational thing that makes me like Washington as well Washington hasn't played since Thursday so they've had a little while to get prepped up for this game now they got Pittsburgh who's coming off a short week I feel like Washington football team plus eight is a play that I'll end up making could end up being a wrong one because that extra motivational factor for Pittsburgh but one I'm willing to take with that I mean I, I just love that preparation time factor right there with a good defense like Washington has yeah, you got to look at coaches too. Ron Rivera is a really good coach. He was with the mm-hmm. Panthers for a while. Um, I think one big matchup to look at in the Washington Steelers game is the pass rush for the Washington football team. They're second overall in, in sacks per game, 3.27, whereas the Steelers are first in pass protection. So protecting Big Ben, less than a sack a game for the Steelers giving up, and then 3.27 per game for their, the Washington football team. I think that's something to look out for. The Washington has a good defense. There's nothing to be – 
um, you know, messed around with. Uh, an under might be a good player. I think what what is the under set at? I don't have it. Um, let me double check. It's forty-eight. Or no, no, yeah. no, no, no. Sorry, that's a different game. Um, it is at forty-two and a half. Yeah, that sounds more yeah. right. Yeah. Okay. I have it at forty. So that that might be a little uh shaky to bet the under there, but um, definitely a game to look out for just with the the boys in the trenches. I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, and like you said, that Washington has a lot of time. So give Ron Rivera a lot of time. He, he's probably going to come through. I think the Steelers still win, um, but Washington definitely has a good chance to cover. Yeah, see, I, I, I agree with everything you said there. And honestly, I like all those points you make, too, about how Big Ben's been getting those that ball out quick. Like they said yesterday, it was getting out in 2.1 seconds. They're just doing that quick pass. See, that's another thing that kind of likes me like Washington a little bit more as a big dog is Pittsburgh can't really run the ball. They haven't been running the ball really at all this season. It's just been pass, pass, pass with all those wide receivers. Um, next up on here is the Monday or Monday. This is the actual scheduled Monday night football game. No, we got a good bid on. I think they moved the Ravens game to Tuesday, but this is your actual Monday night football game, which is the Buffalo Bills at the San Francisco 49ers. The Bills find themselves a one point road favorite over under set at 48. Um, the total or yeah, the total set at 48. You do anything with this one, Justin? Yeah, I think I'm running the Bills. Uh, I think I'm going to buy that half point, get a minus one. Um, I really like the Bills right now. The 49ers, they're really good on defense. Um, I just think Josh Allen and the boys are too much. I don't think the Niners can put up enough points. They're a very inconsistent team on offense. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of hit or miss. They're at home, so that is a thing. I think the big thing to watch out for is Josh Allen versus that 49ers secondary. They're really good at passing fourth against the pass, and the Bills are seventh in passing. So uh, that's the matchup to look out for. I just – I'm riding with the Bills this week. Yeah, I actually agree with you on this one. I would love to take Kyle Shanahan as a dog. At the same time, he's pulled a huge upset against the Rams. Also, too, this game is not being played in their actual home stadium. It's going to be played in uh, Arizona because of the county, they're banned, like, football activities and all kinds of – you know how it is out in California these days. Um yeah, I, I agree with everything you said, man. Look, I think that this 49ers team is decent. And I think that like a team against the Rams who they upset last week, that's a good matchup for them just because the Rams, you know, offense isn't built like this one is where that Josh Allen can throw the ball over him like the Bills have. I feel like this Bills team is just going to put too many points up and end up outscoring at the end. Um, if it's at one, I'm definitely going to take that. If not, I'll just buy the half point like you said you were doing as well. I think we should both get a winner on that one. Last game on the slate, this game right now is being projected to be played on Tuesday, and that is the Dallas Cowboys against the Baltimore Ravens. Lines, there's not official lines up. I'm seeing projections at Baltimore being a 10-point favorite over-under set at 45. You got anything for this one? Um, that, that's a lot of points. I don't know. The Cowboys have been playing a lot better lately. They're still pretty bad, but they've been playing a lot better lately. Um, I have this as close to a lock as I can get without my program designating it as a lock. So I'm probably, I mean, I don't, I don't think I can back the Ravens covering right now. They're, you know, they're, they just, their whole team got discombobulated. Now they're coming back. They got to figure it out. Yeah, I actually, Ooh, this one's this one's a tough one for me. You know, this is one where you really want to side on either team. But at the same time, I'm gonna have to go back the same well and the same logic I kind of used on that Steelers Washington football team one. And you have a team here with the with the uh, Cowboys who have had a lot of time to get ready for Baltimore. At the same time, their entire line is out. I'm probably gonna end up biting Dallas just for a little bit, just because you know I don't really trust Baltimore. Baltimore's passing offense is not great. At the same time, though. 
this defense for the Cowboys has been getting run all over as they have the worst run defense in the entire NFL. I mean, it just kind of feels like that. I don't, I don't know. This is this game. I feel like it's just a total shit show. If it's at 10 points though, I'm just going to take Dallas out of principle. Yeah. I think I have it at like a 15 point game right now for the Ravens, but you know, I'm not so I'm not, I, I think the big thing to watch in this game is if the Cowboys can put up points. We saw the Steelers couldn't do it uh, you know, yesterday. So um, that's, I think, the big thing to look out for. We've still got a lot of time between now and then to figure out you know, different injuries and COVID and stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't love this matchup. So, if you're down going in, if you're trying to pay your bookie and you're down, probably not a good idea to, to put the house on this, on this game. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. That's also something, too, to, to look out for is who gets ruled in and out because of COVID, especially with them getting that extra day with them moving this game to Tuesday. It's going to be huge in everything with that. Um, all right, Justin, we said we save it to the end. Give out your lock money line parlay. All right, so I think I think uh, Green Bay is definitely in there. You got – Green Bay, Dolphins. Who else? Green Bay, Dolphins, Chiefs, Steelers, and then the other two we talked about that were really close, uh, Colts and Ravens. So that's six. I would say those four that I designated as locks were probably the best. And then if you want to throw – the Colts and then the Ravens, maybe in a different one, uh, should hit. I'm looking forward to watching these games this week, man. I think it's gonna be a fun week. It's, it, this this kind of week is one of those weeks where you're betting against the you're betting with points, right? Plus eleven, plus ten. You're trying to beat those points, not necessarily who's gonna win. So, uh, should be a fun week. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I agree with you completely on that, Justin. I'm very excited for it too. Is my uh, Lock. I'm going to go with a six-point teaser here, and I'm going to go with, besides obviously the Patriots, which I think is the lock of the week, I'm going to go six-point teaser, and I'm actually going to throw – actually, no, I'll make a ten-point teaser, and I'm going to go with the Patriots. I'm going to go with Kansas City, and I'm going to go with Green Bay. So, ten-point teaser, all three of those teams. I mean, there's no way Patriots lose by nine points to the Chargers, and for all the reasons you said, I think Kansas City should win big. But, Justin, I appreciate you coming on, man. We'll have to do it again soon. Yeah, appreciate you having me on. Let's do it. Hey, good stuff on, on his end, and we appreciate everyone who tuned in, and we'll talk to you all again soon.